thrusters won't stop firing. I think I'm being followed. My dad is turning green, like literally green. My last nav check put me on the range point four. This is control. Be reasonable. Keep calm and remain on the guard frequency. Welcome pilots, you've tuned to the Guard Frequency, because as all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 252 of the best damn Space Sim podcast ever, recorded on Friday, March 15th, and made available for download on Tuesday, March 19th, 2019, over at GuardFrequency.com. I'm Tony. I'm Jeff. And I'm Ken Shadow. And Tony's still working on a replacement for that whole dream stream switch bit, right, Tony? That's right, Brian. Remember, folks, Guard Frequency is not a one-way conversation. We welcome your comments over at GuardFrequency.com and Discord.GuardFrequency.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at GuardFreak. Your feedback is an important part of what we do, so hit us up and tell us what's on your mind. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to our shows at Feeds.GuardFrequency.com or by searching for us on iTunes. And if you're not doing anything on Friday nights, then you should come join us at 10.30 p.m. Central as we record Guard Frequency live over at Twitch.tv slash GuardFreak. Do you like what we do? Want to help us make the best damn space sim podcast ever? You can always support the show by visiting our website, clicking on the Patreon logo, and becoming a regular subscriber. We want to thank all of our Patreons who support us week on week. We hope you'll consider joining them because the more support we get, the better show we can make. Just head over to our website and click on the big Patreon logo to help out. And don't forget about our sister productions, Priority One and Heroes Rise. Priority One covers all things Star Trek, from the TV series to the MMO, the novels, the movies, and everything in between. Be sure to check them out at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to Heroes Rise Podcast to discover their secrets. And the housekeeping is done, so let's get on with the show. What have we got in store this week, Tony? In this week's Flight Deck, we bring you all the headlines from Simulated Space, including the latest news from Star Citizen, Elite Dangerous, and the space sim formerly known as Starfighter Inc. Next, we'll get the news from the Deep Black with Spencer McDunn on Galactic Public Radio. After that, we continue our audio adventure, Card Frequency Origins. Now the need for speed. Finally, we open up the feedback loop and let you join in on the fun. So lace up your booties, campers. It's time to head out to the Flight Deck. Here are the top news bits from the world of space sims. Serious major controversies storm the Elite Dangerous community in totally unexpected and terrible ways, as a cash grab slap in the face travesty of huge proportions. Okay, fine. There's nothing like that. But Tony trolled Reddit for some minor issues. Cloud Imperium did some stuff and things that we'll be sure to inform you about very soon in this informative segment of information. And Starfighter Inc., working title only due to intellectual property complications, is announcing a roadmap to public early access. And in the finest traditions of roadmappery, it is neither time nor content specific. Methinks Tony had too much time on his hands. <laughs> I did not have too much time on my I didn't. I did not do a statistical analysis with a spreadsheet on this I one. I know you weren't busy because... reading news about space sims, so no, you did I, have well, some time. <laughs> 
I, no, I actually I had I went look. We'll, we'll talk about this in a minute. But I actually had to go looking for stuff to talk about in Elite because there was it was not obvious what we were going to chat about this week. Um, but uh, just real quick, uh, we've been following the Starfighter Inc. guys. We've had them on the show a couple of times. Uh, following that project with a, a, a certain amount of uh, interest and uh, uh, attention, they have released what they're calling the uh, 2019 roadmap, which has about uh, nine bullet points on it. So there's going to be a Ships 2.0 update a Founders Edition beta release, an announcement of the official title, because Starfighter Inc. is sort of already taken, the Starfighter trademark being used uh, out there already, uh, Founders Edition boxed game and t-shirts delivered, prints signed and delivered, technical compedium delivered, early access release, soundtrack delivered, and a graphic novel delivered potentially in 2020. So, you know, another thing pushed back to 2020, like all things in the space sim world. Uh, we'll get to you in 2020. So, uh, but they don't promise that that's the exact sequence it's going to go in, and there's not a lot of detail, for example, what they're going to call the game yet. But they say that they should have more information in the next week as they are uh, making some connections at uh, the Game Developers Conference in San Francisco, and uh, they'll maybe have some more news after that. Well, so as part of that same update, they mentioned a couple of things. They mentioned a new introductory scenario called the Kessler Syndrome, a new game mm-hmm. mode called Bloodsport. They mm-hmm. introduced us to a new class of capital ship, which I can't pronounce. It looks like a giant mushroom. A mushroom with on top of a rocket. I mean, what would that? Oh, that's that's right up. That's it's that's right up that's my alley, right? Have they been looking at your sketchbook? They have. It's Ken not, Shadow. It's not quite been... <laughs> it doesn't. It, it doesn't doesn't have the fuel tanks in the bottom. Otherwise, oh, well, yeah. Maybe that's the upgrade. Maybe you can buy that separate. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a flare yeah, pack. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. Good. All right. <laughs> they they mention a, a a a strongman class tug. Oh no, there's a picture of it too. I'm a little clear what what that is. I guess it's it's just another ship, right? They call it a tug. Yeah. I think it's just another ship in the in the fighting game uh, gameplay. Um, a new structure, which is a shipyard. I guess you fight around that. It doesn't seem like you're actually... You don't really build ships, so I guess you're fighting around a shipyard. Mm-hmm. And then last is they have um, RTX cards in-house, and so they're gonna, they're they're starting to do some work on uh, uh, ray tracing. Um, I don't think it's going to be a major portion of the game, but some eye candy for those RTX owners out there for that game might be worth it for them, so there's not that many games to do it. It's the next big thing, so yeah, everybody's jumping on board. And I did want to cover the very last item on their update, which is they're going to give a patch to a certain level of backers, their Alpha Alpha Squadron. And they, they did something that I have a certain amount of sympathy for, which is trying to get a good Latin phrase to put on your patch. Uh, those 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 of you uh, who are longtime listeners of, of, of the show will, will recall that we had our very first patch back in the day had a Latin phrase on it, uh, una Aris Semper Auditus, which I, fingers crossed, and did some research on. Hopefully it translated to one ear always listening. So what they have on their patch is percutians sit amet ante extremium spiritum meum, which they said hopefully translates to my first strike is your last breath. So I went and checked it on the Google Translate, and it says... May the strike front my last breath. So, oh. I mean, close, close, right? Now, Google Translate for our uh, uh, motto, it turns out to be always one ear hearing, 
which that's pretty close to what I wanted. That's pretty close to the intended. Uh, but I think I think much like the the you know the the, the game itself, it's in early access. It's in beta. They might want to iterate on that phrase just a bit more. Call somebody in at, the, in at Notre Dame University, maybe in the Latin department. This is a this is a company that 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 hires in physicists <laughs> to do their their, their game could, models. I, you know, I yeah. don't know. They probably talked to somebody about this. I would probably trust them more than Google Translate. Well, but I mean, but they the the they even parenthetically in their announcement said we hope when they said what the <laughs> translation should be. I mean, they're admitting in the announcement that they're not real sure about this. So I, my my recommendation is to check with a couple more uh, online translators. You know, Google Google for more translators. Basically, don't just Google the phrase, but Google for more translators. Run it through a few more of those, and and this is my other suggestion: keep it simple. Because our thing is one ear always listening, right? It's just it's very it's it's like when you say where's the bathroom in Spanish, donde está el baño? That's really easy. You could also say, good day, sir. I have a strong urge to urinate. I would like to locate your facilities and use them if that's okay with you. But donde está el baño works a lot easier. So I would, And it's Spanish. I, I, and it's, so it does it's not Latin. Yeah, it's it's a it's a language that's not dead, and there are many people around that speak it. Um, but I think you know, maybe 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 dial back the the complexity. Uh, may your may your last breath. I mean, that's like a hope for the future. You get into verb tenses that are complicated. I they should have gone with dial back um, complexity. They should have gone with uh, tengo una fiesta en mis pantalones on their uh, <laughs> on their patch. That's patch. A 3.0 for guard frequency. That's that's our that's our next patch. Very clearly, Tango Una Fiesta Mis Pantalones. Yes, I thought our next patch sure. was hashtag Tony's wrong. Uh, <laughs> that that's that's no, because that's that's too moderny. We have guardfrequency.com on some of our patches, and I kind of cringe at that. I mean, a web address, really? Come on. So you got you got to go classic on the patches. You got to you got to go old school. So and Spanish is close to Latin. That's that's it's close enough. But anyway, so we're looking forward to more announcements from the guys uh, at uh, at the, for the Starfighter Inc. game or whatever they're going to call it, so they don't get in trouble with trademark people. Uh, so we'll we'll hopefully get more updates uh, on that soon. TM. I do like the mushroom ships. That's pretty cool. Like I said, straight from the Kin Shadow sketchbook. It's neat looking. I wonder if that's like uh, in what's that show where they're where they're like the the velocity of the ship, the acceleration is what they use for gravity. I wonder if they're going for something like that. Like I wonder if you're oh uh, expanse yeah in the expanse. expanse. I wonder if you're standing in the in that mushroom like uh, in the same direction as the rocket moves. You mm. know what I mean? That'd be interesting because they go for such realism, and I feel like uh, that kind of shape it would just it would lend itself to that. Yeah, and, and they don't really have gravity in. Have you you, you played with mm-hmm. us? Right? Yeah, we played. Yeah, yeah, they don't have gravity in their in their like launcher thing. So. Maybe maybe if you're stationed on one of those, you get gravity from the acceleration. Interesting. Well, we shall we shall see. So I worked really hard to try to find news for Elite. I did not work really hard to try to find news for Star Citizen, assuming and hoping that I could rely on my broadcast partners to cover us on that thing. So Ken Shadow, anything going on in the uh, Star Citizen world of things? Uh, roadmap got updated. Things went up. Uh, some things got completed. I don't think it's worth actually discussing which things are which because in theory they're all completed for 3.5. There has the other rumor that another 3.5 build is being dropped to the PTU. I don't know if, if it's it's probably Evocati only. I'm not Evocati, so I don't know for sure. 
I dropped a link into the uh, the uh, Google chat if anybody wants to see. It's a uh, an imager image of uh, what the roadmap is. If anybody you know, cares to look at through, oh, that is list this one of the see. Delta images? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the it's the it's got green boxes and check marks and stuff on it. It's very pretty. Mm-hmm. Color code color coded. Uh, it's the uh, it's the work of uh, community member. I'll get his name Snake-em. here. Uh, Odysseus Odysseus Ithaca. Oh, designed by Snake on the. On the Reddits, that way, yeah, uh, designed by Snakeham, made by Odysseus, nineteen ninety-two. So, uh, I, I find I find his uh, uh, pr- presentation method to be ideal. Uh, I, I like it quite a bit. The the two so. things that they covered on ATV that were cool were the new advertisement system. Um, it, it makes uh, Area eighteen look much more like Blade Runner. There's holograms everywhere. Uh, it looks like they they came up with they they dug through the lore and actually came up with some brands and added them in there, including like some uh, candies and all sorts of stuff. Uh, unfortunately, they still haven't included my waffles, so I'm a little bummed about that. But not too bummed because that's supposed to be a pirate thing. So so crossing my bars? fingers. No fruity Odi bars. No, um, no, they do have uh, fruit candy. It's called Flegum or something like that. I don't remember the, the name specifically. Especially Nev. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know what? We we need we continue to uh, to push our our fruity Odie bar agenda. So let's <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you know, I mean, you got to watch out for people with fruity Odie bar agendas. But I mean, that's that's clear. Uh, everyone should be uh, forewarned about that. Uh, Shiv will be happy that they are working on his three fifteen. Yeah, like. they won't be in three five probably. It'll pro- the three hundred I will definitely be. It's it's almost a hundred percent now. It's like. This thing 90. says 100 percent now. Okay, so 100. Yeah. So 100 I will definitely. Uh, 300 I will definitely be in in 3.5. At least he'll be able to f- fly around uh, the new mer- model of that. Um, the variants I think will probably get pushed to 3.6. Well, he's to be sort of happy. And the tractor yeah. boom is not in. So what the hell's the point? Well, you don't get that until Tuesday or the photon torpedoes. <laughs> Those always come on Tuesdays. Good yeah. to know. Good to know. The other uh, speaking of photon torpedoes, the other thing that was in ATV was the new what, bullet manager system. Which is kind of cool. Oh. It's a um, they took. I think until now they've been using Crytek's um, or not Crytek lumberyards. You know, don't lumberyards. Don't want to get. Let's I don't want to get sued here. <laughs> Let's not do that. <laughs> um, using lumberyards projectile system, which is apparently an entire entity for each projectile, and then they found out that when you have like a million spaceships with guns blazing in a single area at a time that the bullets themselves lag the system. Who'd have thunk? And so, who'd have thunk? Mm. And so they came up with a whole new system for dealing with bullets that makes the FPSs go much higher, which was cool to see their testing environment and stuff. I think that's pretty much it. The RTV was about IT guys, which uh, Jeff should definitely watch. And uh, I think that's that's the end of that. He was watching when we, when we signed on. It was very loud. Uh, but uh, And he told us it was the most important thing. So, um, Jeff, did you get any takeaways from the uh, IT guy thing? They're busy, which is what I expected because uh, you weren't here earlier when I was telling I was telling uh, Tony and Henry that uh, if it wasn't for us IT guys, they'd be doing this on on pencil and paper. You know? <laughs> they did sound like they had a uh, interesting IT infrastructure with the whole. Um, handoff system and the amount of storage they use etc oh yeah it's i i imagine it's incredible i i wish i'd gotten alive because there's uh some questions i would have loved to have asked but uh i didn't um they they 
literally, guys, these uh, CI is operating on 24/7. They start the day in Germany uh, and the, uh, they end the day in in LA. And but when they end, their Germany's day starts again. So it's literally a 24/7 operation. That is crazy. Coordinating that has got to be nuts and keeping everything online. I, I probably want to watch the IT show now. Project managers sound like that. I, I, would, I would pull my hair out. I wonder if they, <laughs> they turn to those the, guys. The thing that did surprise me is that they didn't have a knock. And um, that that's really bizarre because they've got one guy really trying to coordinate all the emergencies. And, and frankly, it happens daily. I mean, they've, they've got... Uh, They've got servers that get stuck. They've got the storage space issues, though I I, I probably know of a fix for that. But uh, uh, NOC stands for Network Operations Center. Or? Yes, yeah, uh, and uh, um, so that that was really surprising that they don't have a full time NOC. Well, so uh, so I did spend some time trolling the uh, the reddits uh, for elite news I did come across a, a minor announcement or a follow-up announcement to uh, frontiers decision announcement quasi saying things that they weren't going to release any major patches or game updates until 2020 uh, will did get on the forums and speak further on that subject and he said um, that they are going to have, as they've said, minor updates, quality of life improvements and that kind of stuff on a basically on a three to four month cycle. The first update is going to be uh, announcement is going to be in, in the next few weeks. And I wanted to reiterate something uh, that was mentioned in the original thing that I don't think we covered very well, is that one of the things, one of the quality of life improvements they're going to be doing is a, an update to the introduction an update to the the new player um, uh, onboarding, essentially, which, as we've discussed before, I think is somewhat lacking uh, in in this game. But uh, Kin Shadow, uh, based on our discussion on the show about uh, the VR experience, jumped back into Elite a little bit and had some thoughts. Yeah, so I jumped, so I jumped back into Elite because Tony was like, "Gotta do the VR," and, you know. I had tried the VR VR earlier and gotten dissuaded by it and the reason I got dissuaded was um, well I could I was I was playing late before and I was using mouse and keyboard and I, you know I have a joystick but I don't have a hotel I don't have the throttle so joystick and keyboard or mouse and keyboard either one so obviously when you put the goggles on you can't use it so I just switched to something else and at the time I just had an Xbox controller or you know the one that comes with the rift and so I've tried to do that and I absolutely hated the controls. And this was like probably a year ago at the time. And um, I, I came up with an entirely new control scheme that that fit everything on the on there with like you know button like you press the D pad one way and it mods the mods all the buttons and you press the right. etc. Um, mm-hmm. And that was great for like the two or three sessions I got in. And then I didn't get to play for a week. And then I got back in and I forgot the controls. And so <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and so I you know I didn't I didn't really get that many hours into the 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 VR experience, and at the time it just it was okay. Um, and so Tony got me back in, and so I tried to defi- I fired it up, and and I go, I saw I saw a post online about the Oculus Touch controllers being added uh, somewhat recently, probably a month or two ago, and so uh, I tried those out, and lo and behold, um, I tried the new player experience, and it was very different from what I had remembered of it. 
and and maybe um, I mean I, again I don't know how old the new player experience is that that's in there now, but it has like a lady that has a voiceover. Right. She she tra- takes you through all of the all of like the thing. It's just all of the, the the training missions. It's the same lady. There's kind of like not a real storyline per se, but like. The first mission is like, oh, I found you. I'm repairing you with repair limpets and stuff like that. And and then, you know, get you, I've got you back online. Um, and, and so it kind of gives you some sort of context to it. Um, right. It, it, anyway, uh, I, enjoyed, I, I enjoyed the new player experience now much more than I did when I played it. Again, it was probably, I don't know if it was six months ago or if it was like a year ago. And uh, the Aquas touch controllers were great because... Um, if I ever forgot any of the controls, they kind of popped up on screen, even, even past the training missions. When you're, um, they use uh, some spe- they use some buttons as mods. It's all like the uh, the X Y A B buttons. Those are all pretty much all mods if you hold them down. And as mm-hmm. you hold them down, the help for them pops up on screen. Um, and oh, okay. if you do it fast, the help button, the help doesn't even come up. So if you remember them and you just do it, then you'll, you won't you'll never see the help. But if you give it like half a second, the help pops up. And so, like, you know, I, now I can, as long as I remember, oh, the, these buttons are mod buttons, I don't have to worry about forgetting the controls, you know, you know when I tr- yeah. play week to week or whatever. Um, but I thought okay. it was great. And so I ended up actually playing for uh, two nights straight in Elite this week. And... Um, uh, I will say that the, the the VR makes like a, a whole big difference in terms of my immersion. You know, being able to look around the cockpit and, as Tony said, be able to lean forward and, and it's like I can't see that. Oh, oh, now the text is a little clearer. You know, things like that. That was that's great. Yeah. All right. So uh, their announcement that they're going to improve even upon the improvement because the the training session I recall was some words flashed up on the screen and you did the thing that told you to do. Yeah, that's that's what I remember as well. Yeah, and that, and that's that that wasn't helpful. I, and then my that wasn't my son. I think I think I I, put, I sat my daughter down. This was prior to getting the VR headset. I sat my daughter down and, and showed her the thing. And I remember the lady, uh, but I thought it was maybe longer ago than a year ago. But I I didn't write the date down or anything, so it could have been much more recent than that. Um, so an improvement to the new player experience. I think that our Ken Shadow here's a data point. Prior to that, he's like meh. You add some voiceover and a little context. Okay, a little better. And then I think if they're going to make an effort to maybe get people past not just the tutorial, but maybe get them into the lore a little bit, get them into, uh, you know, uh, point them towards a squadron, uh, give them an, a, a better orientation to the to the galaxy, I think that that'll just in, in, increase retention. I think what they really should do is have a new player missions when you start. Like yeah. a set of missions you start with, uh, they don't. They're the same for everybody. Maybe the, the stations differ a little bit based on where you are, but it's something easily easily easy to achieve, uh, achieve. And it's like a, a you know a series of missions that get you to try a bunch of things out. And the re- the reward is one time only and significant enough, you know that that the new players want to keep want to do it all. A new player system. I mean, for elite, I always figured something like they could restrict you to a starting system by giving you a jump drive that's only good for super crews and doesn't jump. Give that's you like missions the, in that the, local area. That's the so, privateer model, right? <laughs> yeah, something that just gets you used to how to play and then says, all right, so now we've got to run for you to another star system. Go to whatever station and pick up your jump drive. You know what I mean? It feels like you could uh, you could teach people better that way. Because with Elite now, they're like, here's your keys. 
have a good day. Yeah. And they yeah, give you your that, ship, and you're like, what do I do? Oh, there's like a thousand buttons. So I'll figure it I, out. I would like a deeper introduction to the story, too. Mm. Like, you know, unless you're yeah. reading the text outside of the game, you're like, what is the Imperials? I don't, I don't get it. You know, or like, you know, you don't even know about, you don't even know about the engineers unless you ask somebody about them. You know, there's no like quest line that kind of gets you over there or something like that. You do actually kind of, you get communications from engineers inviting you to check things out. So, but only after you pass certain milestones that you don't know about. That's true, right? but I think that's the well, thing. You know, as you pr- yeah. play through your own personal narrative, a game without storyline, things will happen that. Hey, out of the blue, somebody you know, somebody has called me and asked me to do this thing. Yes, if you're going to grind for everything, you need to know up front all of it. But for somebody that plays Elite like I do, where it's just kind of you go where you want, do what you want, kind of just experience the world, those kind of things are really cool. I still don't have all the engineers because it's not something I grind for. And when they when they call me, it's interesting. I do what you do want to keep that sort of found uh, found quest thing uh, alive. You don't want to introduce them to maybe everything. I would like them to help you get your next ship uh, you know hey you know or you got to the training mission is great uh, you know you're in your sidewinder i mean that's a fine ship but there's much better ones out there depending on what you want to do how's about we get you into a hauler and then they say first thing you want to do is haul some things and you here's your sidewinder go j- fill it with a couple of the tons of these things from the mission board jump to the next system jump back hey now you're richer you know hey let's go to the let's go to the outfitter you know, you need to you need to upgrade those guns because they're just not that good. Here's where you I mean, walk you through the 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 the, the cycle of adding on new materials, adding on new uh, equipment, and upgrading that ship because that's most people. I'm going to say most people. A lot of people that make it to the end game, like myself, you get to be kind of a ship collector. You know, I've got this ship that does this. I got this ship that does that. It's all outfitted for cargo runs or for stealth or for. Uh, 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 combat zones or whatever, uh, but get people on that road, uh, and they'll feel like they've got some skills and ability and some competence. Uh, so, so that's that's good news. That's what's up next. So, um, uh, before we move on, Ken from yeah. Chicago wants to know how we avoid headache. Oh, sorry, sorry, nausea in VR. Uh, I f- I don't I don't get nauseous in VR, but I do get tired. I, I get fatigued, right? And I think it's I think it might just be personal uh, the things that I found is that the the adjustment between the eye distance uh, that's that's important and uh, also it not being blurry and having a high enough FPS yeah frame rate is huge in VR if you get those three things I think you're I all think right. the thing that happens with VR with the low frame rate is when you move there's a drag and your body feels off balance really bad so you get nauseous so if something like that happens to me I will sacrifice quality of uh, graphics for a better frame rate, which is always good in a space sim anyway. A lot of people play with higher settings than they should, and their ship doesn't respond the way it should. But uh, bringing those graphic settings down to where you've got a comfortable frame rate is much more important than it looking awesome, especially uh, you know in VR because you're going to have a smoother experience just turning your head, and that'll stop the nausea. I don't get nauseous in VR anymore at all, but I play the hell out of it. It's pretty much all I play, so... The other thing I know is about dragging is uh, do you do you guys know those uh, those three D puzzles where it's just a bunch of splotches of color and you have to let your have to let your eyes go kind of crazy and then the the sailing ship comes out of the background. Yeah. You guys familiar with that? I kind of do that when I know I'm going to turn my head. So I, I don't I don't try to like focus on a piece of text or a, a ship or a target scanner or whatever. I kind of just like relax my eyes for a second, turn my head, and then when the when the blurring goes away, then refocus. That that's a, a thing that might that help feels too. like so much effort 
Yeah, I don't. That's why I get tired. I get tired playing VR. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Do. I don't have any nausea problems. I don't have any tracking problems. Um, and and I think you know my frame rate is reasonably high. I have a you know a decent rig. Um, I do ha- get eye fatigue. Uh, you know because the screen is so close. And I mm-hmm. after a couple of hours, if I'm like well with specifically with Elite because you're reading so much text as well. Um, and you're looking at such small areas as well, and you're focusing, I, I get headaches. Um, when I played uh, action games in um, in VR, I don't I don't really get headaches, because mostly because I'm not really, when my eyes aren't straining, it's like there, 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 there. I'm like looking around at the same time I'm moving my, uh, my eyes. So it's a little, um, specifically because of Elite, I think I'm a little more prone to headaches, but not nausea. And you are changing your focal distance a lot in Elite because you've got those, the diegetic stuff in-game, right? You know, you're looking at your radar, that's up close, and you're, so your eyes look at this thing up close. Then you look back out to the spaceships flying around. So you're doing a lot of, a lot of distance focus changing, too, at well, the same time. Well, you're not time, actually so. focus changing because they're technically all the same distance from you. Um, but you are, you are uh, processing them a lot, I think. Because I think that the, 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 thing, the thing, especially with text in like Elite, is that at least my I don't have I mean it could be just me my, my setup but the the rift isn't the highest resolution screen in the world and I don't think I don't necessarily think the vive or the the, the other one are, are, are a whole lot better but uh, you do if you concentrate you you see the the pixelation you see the mm-hmm. line separation oh yeah and uh, for any of that text you're missing you're getting like basically an aliasing artifact where where especially if the text is small you're going to be missing part of it so unless you lean forward, right, which I was saying well, earlier, lean forward. So uh, a lot of the text reading is going to be via you moving your head in order to get all the pixels. And so I, I, it's just a lot more brain processing, I think, a lot more eye strain. But see, that seems natural because that's what you would do in a car. If you can't quite see something, you might lean your head a few inches forward one way or another. That's what you would do. It's natural. It's just you have to get used to um, you've got a device on your head at the time. You know what I mean? Because it doesn't even it doesn't even phase me anymore. I just I don't mean uh, eye strain from leaning your head forward. I mean your your first inclination is to read it without that, hmm. and you're you're you are a bit disabled in the fact that you have you're seeing at a lower resolution than what you would be in a real reality. Yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I'm, I get the you. attempt itself is a little tiring. Yeah, the attempt the the attempt, and then you oh I need to fix that. Then you actually do and it. I think that'll obvious that'll go away as the screen resolutions go up in the next generations. I, I'm pretty happy. The, I have the the Samsung Windows Media thingy, and I, I'm really pretty happy with the resolution. But it, like Henry was saying, it could be that I had the resolution dialed up too high, and if I if I dialed the resolution down, I might have a little bit less of the frame dragging that we were talking about. But I like that higher resolution because, as Ken Shadow was saying, I don't get as much of that text artifact thing. So I, it, it's it's going to be a balance for everybody, Ken, and it, it's uh, it's. You have to fiddle with it because, when I, like I said, when I first got it, it was like, yeah, it's okay. But then once I started messing with the settings and got the anti-aliasing where I, it, it felt good to me, got the uh, the, uh, the HMD quality where I wanted it to be, it, it was it's a balancing act for everybody who's going to put on a headset. And the headsets are all different too, like In Shadow was saying. So it, 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 it takes some experimenting and some time, but I think if you put that time in, just like in Elite's control schemes... If you put that time in and play that game, it's fun. Uh, but you have to you have to set that up uh, before you can see the benefits of it. All right, uh, a couple other things that he uh, talked about. If we're going to move on from there, ice planets and fleet carriers are still planned for the development roadmap, which we'll be able to share more information about in the future. 
Do you think that's a 2020 part of the roadmap, or do you think that's part of the well, quality yeah. of life improvements? Uh, the quality of I'm your life is greatly say- enhanced by your new fleet carrier. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm I'm relatively certain that that is going to be part of the 2020 Aww. thing. And notice that they're invoking notice they're invoking the roadmap. And what do we know about roadmaps? Neither time nor content specific. Yeah. So I mean, they they, they may fall off. I mean. So let know. me ask you a question about these release dates in 2020. Everybody is everybody is 2020. It seems like everybody, and it seems like Star Citizen announced it first. End of 2020, mm-hmm. that's what we're doing. Do you think all the other space sims are falling in line, and do you think they're missing an opportunity by not trying to get in before that's out? I don't think everybody's doing I mean, we should still see Descent. It seems like everybody's still pushing see, off, uh, but Rebel maybe Galaxy that's just my opinion. I don't know. You think we'll see Descent before the end of the year? I know we're supposed to. I th- we're supposed we to. We were supposed to we see it at the end of last year. Yeah, but we were supposed to see Star Citizen in 2015. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, everybody's missing dates. I I, th- I think that... I, I think that Elite is doing their own thing. They always have done their own thing. But I also think that they looked at their calendar, uh, looked at their – because they just signed some other IP, some other global IP that they have under wraps again. So they're going to do something like Jurassic World with uh, some other, you know, franchise. Uh, They're going to put that label, put that IP over some version of gameplay that they have. So and they look at that calendar and they go, well, we're not going to be able to have that ready till then, and we're not going to have, you know, Elite needs a big overhaul, so that's going to be here, and they're just trying to plan out things so they have some sort of big release at least annually. I think that's Frontier's thing. When you say Elite needs a big overhaul, do you think it really needs a big overhaul, or do you think it just needs some more additions? They kind of just did an overhaul, I, right? Well, what I mean overhaul, I mean they have to have a big flashy to get people mm. back, right? I mean there's certain there's there's some games that. I, there's some games I just won't ever uninstall, right? Uh, I, I won't ever uninstall Stellaris. I really liked it. I'll fire that up every every couple months, every few months, just because. It's just a fun game to play. I haven't fired up Civilization V in a long time, but I'll never uninstall that because I, you know, I, I was addicted to that game and I loved it. Elite Dangerous is a game that I personally probably won't ever uninstall, even if I walk away from it for a couple months because there's nothing new and shiny. But many other players especially on console, will have a new title and they'll play that through for 60 hours or whatever. You want them to always keep Elite Dangerous there and you want them to come back, but they won't unless you give them a new shiny, like you're saying. So they need that because then you tell your friends and then they buy a copy. So they they need that kind of cycle, bringing the old people back to get the new people in. And they figure that the, the, the delay in time between 2018, quarter four, and last half of 2020... They figure that's they can weather that and have the payoff in 2020, uh, so that that revenue year has that jolt from getting everybody back in and getting new customers. So I, I, I think it's they have a corporate strategy for why they want to do that. Star Citizen, we covered that extensively a few a few shows ago for what their for what their timing is and, and the investors and all that kind of stuff. So I think independently they're all arriving at 2020 for their own internal reasons. I'm hoping that we get. Rebel Galaxy Outlaw and Descent, so that we had to we do have something that sort of tied us over uh, while we're waiting. So uh, this year's big feature, if all we're getting is quality of life, I want to predict that we'll be able to change HUD colors before the next big update. I would love that because I feel like that's something they could give players that would make them happy. That is like a really big quality of life thing, and it's something that's going to take some doing because obviously their colors of their HUD are tied into the way like images of people are displayed and things like that because. Yeah. Changing your HUD color, you can uh, 
totally mess up the images of people that are giving you missions and things too, giving green faces and things. So all that's going to have yeah. to be worked out. But I feel like that's something that they could work on that people would be glad happened. And it's a quality of life improvement everybody wants. Um, yeah. It wouldn't be the best thing to have as their main feature in their 2020 release, but <laughs> it yeah, would make me yeah. happy if I got that in three months. You know? Yeah, that would be so, yeah that would be that would be a high five moment. I'll bet you that sure. happens this year. Honestly, I feel like that's the I, kind I of thing so. they'll work on. Really, I mean, it's if uh, I always we always go back to Star Trek Online for things. I mean, when Star Trek Online was released, they had basically one overlay, maybe two. They maybe had one for Klingons, maybe one for Klingons, one for Federation, and then they came in and they let you choose from a template, right? There was the Voyager template and the TNG up template. It just made it more uh, it made it more friendly for you to have the uh, opportunity to, to swap things around. It was nice like, to take it's my the original shit. UI and put on something that felt Star Trek for that game, honestly. Because after they <laughs> redid those colors it, they, it really, like, you could set it and it would feel like your era of Star Trek. You know, because you could set it to Voyager you could set it to original series or whatever. Now you've got TOS, but um, yeah, yeah, it makes a big difference. But, Having customizability like that's huge. Elite, come on, get, let me change my colors, man. Yeah, give me some blues, give me some greens, give me some grays, give me some whites. You know, I mean, just yeah, have a palette, maybe six, six or six or eight, six or eight different colors to choose from. I think everybody will be uh, very happy and give you high fives for that. Um, and then the other thing they wanted to uh, that I wanted to uh, cover in this short little update is they are reminding everybody that. If you have a lifetime expansion pass, you get all this next stuff for free. Everybody else gets to pay for it. So it's this is this is this 2020 thing will be a paid expansion, um, and that you know just just you know save your pennies and nickels, get your Steam wallet all filled up, uh, and and just be ready for for that uh, transaction when it comes. If they are saying the 2020 stuff is for for sure paid, it, it, it is going to have to be something more than just some of the stuff that we've been saying, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, and they, when Beyond came out, they said, and all this content is free. And I'm like, well, yeah, because this is probably how the game should have been maybe at the beginning. I mean, this is, uh, or at least part of Horizons, right? You know, this is, you know, we everybody paid for Horizons gets all this Beyond stuff for free. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think that's right. And I, But I think that the ex- setting the, the, the due date out this far raises everybody's expectations and then telling everyone there's a price tag for it too sets everybody's expectations even higher which means if all we get is custom hud colors in 2020 there will be a rebellion a massive rebellion there, there will be a massive rebellion even, so, even squad carriers and stuff yeah, like that even squad oh. carriers is good. that's if squadron carrier again and that would be a disaster that would be a disaster unmitigated because they promised that as part of the beyond update then they pulled it out and then they say we're going to put it off into our later stuff. And then they say, oh, and by the way, that's the major feature, and you get to pay us sixty bucks for the expansion. Yeah, that'll piss people off. No, I, we are we are in the territory of you're going you're gonna to need to deliver more than fleet carriers and ice planets for, for that. Yeah, and, and you say and ice planets because that was all in that uh, that was all supposed mm-hmm. to be in Beyond Two and got pushed off. And I think any of the features that they mentioned for Beyond that didn't make it that end up in a paid expansion are bullshit. I'm gonna give them I'm gonna give them some pass. I'm gonna give them a pass on it if the Gameplay. I can see your point on the ice planets for sure, but if the gameplay uh, aspects of uh, squadron carriers are insignificant or mere little extensions of what we have already, like it's a mobile base that you have for your squadron, and you can get a mission there, and you can turn in your bounties there, and if that's all it is, then yeah, I'm going to be a little bit upset. 
But if it's a significant addition in gameplay, you can do more things with it. You can build it out. You can uh, uh, jump it from place to place. You can uh, have uh, squadron projects like invade this system or colonize this planet. That's significant. That's a significant change. I'll be happy to pay for that. Um, but if it's just an extension of uh, current starports, you do have to also remember that they have to make a, a clean delineation between the people that paid for the expansion and people that didn't like with access with horizon. Yeah. Some things were easy and some things were not easy in terms or not clean anyway, in terms of the, the like, like, like the avatars and stuff, right? It's like, Oh, okay. I have an avatar now, but it's just some guy with a helmet. That just, that's just bull- <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like, okay, yeah. I didn't want to be in the SRV anyway, but now I have to deal with like some helmet guy looking at me the whole time. You know, <laughs> yeah. so th- yeah. there were some, 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 some goods and bads of that. And I, I expect in, in this one, um, they have to still be able to, 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 like what happens if you're already, so you just don't be able, you're not able to get on the carrier. That sounds weird, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, exactly. And, it, so, you know, and it's going to be bad for squadron recruiting too, if you have to, have a certain version of the game before you can do things with your squadron. I I think that would be a bad choice. Uh, maybe you have to have the expansion to uh, manage the squadron carrier. I mean, I think that would be okay. But to participate in what it's doing and join in, in, in the activities in it, I think that's bad. I also think they probably need to go ahead and grandfather in everybody that doesn't have the Horizons expansion. I think that's for ver- just for version control, if nothing else, just put everybody in horizons once this new update goes out just have that part of the base game so everybody can have an srv everybody can look at their avatar and you know put sunglasses on it or whatever uh and and then have the the gate have the the differentiator be the the new experience so i i'm hoping that they do that uh, just to keep the community from fracturing uh, making it easier to recruit people and with with the new features mm-hmm the wow model what the yeah. eventual wow model turned into anyway right and by then by, by the time that comes out elite will be what six years old five years old six years old i mean it'll it's a mature game at that point and i think that they need to stop thinking about you know the early phase stuff they've got plenty of adopters out there they sold a couple million copies of the thing they have it on honestly the base game is cheap enough they might as well just go free to play see yeah that do that that that's a good idea too you could do it that way because then you could have the free to play game be the base thing just to get people hooked in if you want to do the horizons that's when you pay to play and if you want to do the new stuff then you then you pay for that expansion that sounds like such a great idea works too. being able to pay that's, to do horizons yeah yeah i i think that that model would actually would work as well so that they would have, so the the getting in and flying your spaceship that's free. And then once they yeah. got the watch, make, got make horizons uh, drop that down probably to like ten bucks, right? Because yeah. that's basically what leak costs nowadays. And then you, you know, know they run yeah. sales so often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, that's I think that's good. I think that model that model accomplishes all the goals and ticks all the boxes. I think that's a good plan. And now that we've got caught up on space sim news, let's get caught up on space news with Spencer McDonough and Galactic Public Radio. <laughs> Good evening. From Galactic Public Radio on NC, I'm Spencer McDunn, and these are the top headlines from around the known galaxy. Federal authorities were confronted with the worst bomb threat in decades. For the latest, we go to Smooth Furnace. Thanks, Spencer. 
The children of Tothos have struck, taking Archambault Terminal and the Chunti star system hostage. Federal intelligence agency reports show that millions of people remain trapped on the starport, hampering any attempt to retake the station. And as the standoff stretches on, a humanitarian crisis will be added to the security crisis. Senior Agent Rochelle Karim told GPR, quote, Most services at Archambault Terminal have shut down as a result of the control deck's occupation by children of Tothos adherents. It's evident that personnel are obeying the cultists' orders for fear they will use the Lucifer device, end quote. Without constant supply runs and waste removal services, the besieged starport could start suffering shortages and breakdowns within days. Broadcasting from Archambault's Comoray, the cult leader Barnabas Cole delivered a brief message, quote, At last we have found the place where our testament's light will shine. Join us. When the ceremony is complete, you will all see Tothos as we do, end quote. While authorities are focusing their efforts on resolving the situation on Archambault Terminal peacefully, security experts are telling GPR that the rest of the bubble can't breathe any sighs of relief just yet. One analyst told GPR, quote, If the Lucifer device is really man-portable and undetectable, there's no guarantee that the thing is actually on that starport. Until the device is secured, or detonated, everybody should be on their toes. End quote. From the Chun-Ti system for Galactic Public Radio, I'm Smooth Furnace. Thanks, Smooth. Talitha Ambrose, the former executive director of the defunct Ambrose Foundation, has released a statement accepting responsibility for the loss of the Foundation's assets in the game of deadlock poker. In an interview with Vox Galactica, the former noblewoman stated, quote, Everything you read is true, but I don't regret a thing. I don't blame Joker's deck for my situation, since I knew the risk when I joined, end quote. In the interview, Ms. Ambrose says her gambling problem is cured and that her goal is to raise money for addiction support charities. However, some addiction experts are questioning her statement. One counselor who spoke to GPR anonymously told GPR, quote, While many former addicts of gambling, drugs, and alcohol find comfort in sponsoring other addicts, most realize they are never really cured of the addiction. Outside the neurochemical adjustment, and on the one hand, she says excessive wealth fueled her addiction, and on the other hand, she's going to hit up her rich friends for money for her charity. Sounds like a relapse waiting to happen, end quote. Finally, in local news, a bounty was placed on a prominent member of Anseath Media Community. The mission board announcement promised a payout of 1 million credits if any ship carrying the charismatic news personality was destroyed in the Wardati system. <clears throat> GPR is withholding the name of the prominent intelligent journalistic juggernaut to protect his safety. Hey, somebody get my ship ready. <clears throat> Where was I? Yes, um, um. GPR is withholding the name of the prominent intelligent journalistic juggernaut to protect his safety while independent investigators determine why the minor faction revolutionary Anseath Free would stoop to such crass tactics. When asked for comment, Guard Frequency Response Associate Director Richard Clemens told GPR, Awkward, and terminated the connection. Until the next turn of the world for Galactic Public Radio... 
I am Spencer McDunn. Good night. Fires and light the fires, Big Daddy. All right, so Vallis throws you all out of the office. Uh, Mr. Rexford also leaves as well, and you uh, head out of the uh, uh, complex <laughs> to the birth of the GFR Witty Rejoinder, a privately owned Corvette. Uh, that is specially outfitted for this trip to a lovely little planet, Kava or Kava, in the BTEL system. Uh, just as a way of reminder, this is a, a specially outfitted uh, vessel uh, with its uh, low observable, quasi-stealth, um, but it's a very, very large uh, ship, so it's not traditionally stealthy. Uh, that you guys are going to be taking to this system, uh, ostensibly, according to the contract, to perform some rescue training, some Remlock suit operation rescue training. So that's what you're going to do. As you all walk out together, there's an opportunity to ask questions, discuss, gossip, anything else before you depart. All right. I think I probably already asked all the questions that I, okay. I would ask. Okay. I- I am vaguely remembering this now, and I everything I wanted to ask, I asked Vallis. So, okay. and then she kicked me out of the office. <laughs> she did. She kicked everybody out except Mr. Rexford. And then they had a little chat, and then she kicked him out too. All right, it was a so, nice chat. It was a great chat. It was a very polite chat. Uh, so, uh, all right, so everybody heads out uh, to the docking pad uh, to the witty rejoinder. Uh, you all climb aboard and uh, take the passenger seats. Uh, in one of the passenger cabins, and you twiddle your thumbs for a little while, and assuming still nobody wants nobody wants to have any conversations, I'll give it a three count. Three. What do you guys think about this? I'm feeling a little, a little wary about it. It's a trap. I would tend to agree. I think we're gonna go do some training, and that's gonna be it. Nothing ever happens on these things, right? Except for like killer dogs and uh, staplers, staplers and uh, air pressure issues and all sorts of things. But yeah, no. Ken Shatter, are you afraid you're going to have to ride home in somebody's glove box again? Yeah. I was going to say getting vehicles (laughs) on top of buildings. To rescue some sort of weird cook or uh, get rescued by some old farts. Who the heck knows? Your uh, your traps are a little bit more interesting than mine tend to be. They have some interesting adventures. Yeah, I'm just gonna leave it right there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 as he finishes saying that, uh, Valos pokes her head in the door and says, "What are you guys doing down here? Uh, where should we be, ma'am? Ma'am, you're hired to work this. You think I'm gonna cart you around? Get up to the bridge on the double. Oh, we gotta. We're gonna I- take stations." <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna move the ship. That's a great idea. I've never driven a big one. Assuming, <laughs> assuming you obey the boss, y'all disengage your restraints and tromp up uh, after her. 
and you <laughs> find yourself on the bridge. Now, most normal Corvettes that you see in the game have three seats on the bridge, but this one has five. One of them sort of set back in the back, and Vallis sort of plants herself in that one and straps herself in and just looks around at the, at the four of you to, and points to all the kind of control-looking official things and goes, ladies and gentlemen, and just sort of sits down and just waits. All right, I, I pick a random one. Wait, do I see one that has weapons on it? <laughs> the, there are four stations. There are four stations available. One of them is the pilot chair, when one of them has the traditional trigger setup, you know, button on top. Nobody wants it. Yeah, I, I, grab, I grab the piloting one. All right, so Ken Shadow takes the pilot's chair immediately. There are three there, remaining are the engineer station, okay. sensors, and the electronic warfare uh, system sweet. I will go for sensors. I'll do engineering. And because I, uh, wait for everyone else to sit down and then take the last one. Uh, so you got your, your, by by dint of your uh, a slowness, you get the electronic warfare suite. Okay. She looks around at, at you and, and and sort of see sort of sees the sort of slapdash way you all sat down and went. You do all know how to work those components, right? Ma'am, the the best analogy I could think of for this situation is putting the circus monkeys in charge of piloting Casey Kasem. She looks at you and goes, I hope that's Navy speak for something because you you tin can rats are indecipherable to me. Course is laid in the computer. Let's get going. Can I I press the go button? You can press the go button. I press the go button. (laughs) Ken Shadow presses the go button, which, of course... Includes releasing docking clamps, getting permission to depart, taking off, and flying away. That's a hell of a button. That is the next <laughs> one button. It's, it's, it's right next to the easy button. The, the go That's button's great. next to the easy button. So, uh, as you climb, as you climb towards space, uh, you engage the friendship drive, which counts down four, three, two, one. And uh, with the range of this ship, it's only about four jumps. And Ken Shadow, remembering the last time that you went on a guard frequency mission, you take it nice and easy. No, no, no hard maneuvers uh, in zero G as you realign your course to the next uh, star jump. Uh, but within about four we, jumps. We don't want to pull a galaxy quest here. No, no. <laughs> we don't want anybody's uh, armpits ending up where their brain should That's be. galaxy quest. <laughs> so, uh, that was my character talking. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So within about four jumps uh, and a short uh, super cruise, you arrive at the third planet uh, in the BTEL system. Uh, it's an agricultural world, low populace, 350,000 people, but there are two stations uh, in orbit, two of uh, the big Coriolis stations, which handle the, the export of the uh, foodstuffs that are uh, grown there for the uh, other surrounding systems. And uh, she orders you to drop out of Super Cruise in orbit uh, on the far side of the planet from those two stations. I do that. All right. So now you're you're hanging there in orbit. Now uh, she uh, sort of you're in zero g, and she uh, unstraps her uh, restraints and sort of floats to the middle behind the pilot chair uh, and kind of grabs on for support and tells you. Now, as I refresh your memory, we're not sure who's out here to greet us, or if anyone's out here to greet us. I don't know why we're out here, and I don't know why we were contacted. So keep a low profile, stay away from traffic, and let's observe for a little bit and see what's happening. So, Mr. Kinshadow, I want you to roll a spaceship piloting check. 
What did I get? I got a 10. You got a 10. That That is a good roll. So you are able, uh, being very careful watching your sensors, being very judicious with taps on the thrusters, using your main drive as little as possible, you're able to keep out of the little orbital traffic that's around, being parked on the other side of, this, of the world from the stations. It's, it's, it's a bit of a challenge to stay totally quiet because it's a big ship, but... You pull it off. Well done. Um, now, part of the big th- way to keep stealthy out here, of course, Henry, is a uh, keeping an eye on your heat emissions. So I need you to roll a repair uh, repair check for me. An eight. An eight. You're, you've not been on a Corvette before, and it's a big and complicated ship. So you're not as successful as you would have liked to have been. Uh, keeping that heat uh, in check. It's 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 not and it's not designed for it anyway, right? It's a big Corvette. It's not supposed to be stealthy. So you're not as successful as you would have liked on that. Um, but of course, the other thing that we want to do is maintain your other emissions at a very low profile. Uh, you know, active active uh, uh, sensors, uh, uh, other radiative components. The, that the uh, thing's would, gotta have a tailpipe, right? The thing's gotta have a tailpipe. <laughs> But this would uh, fall, and also the other thing that you want to make sure that no one else is trying to find you, and that's the electronic warfare suite. So I want uh, uh, Mr. Rexford yeah. to roll a security check, please. A security check, boss. A security check. I'm trying to keep. Oh, Ooh. that's Boy. not very good. So congratulations! Like I believe. Turned is on the radio. Your, is that your first one? Is that your first one? It's loud. Yeah. Busted. All right. So this is the karma system. If you'd like to spend a karma point to re-roll that natural one, you may do so at this time. This is the episode uh, in which I die. I'm going to go with yes on okay. that. A 10. A 10. Saving it. Saving it from, from certain certain doom. Uh, you've managed to isolate a couple of, uh, of radiative sources, and you are relatively certain no one's pinging you at this time. You know, There's nothing on your threat warning. Uh, uh, sensors to indicate that someone's actively searching for you. So uh, nicely done there, which brings us to actually looking for somebody else and trying to pick out from the background anybody that might be out there. So I need uh, Adira to roll a science check for me. That's an engineering roll? Okay. (laughs) This is No, you're... uh, Oh, who? Oh, did I get that backwards? I'm sensors. She's engineering. She's sensors. Okay, I apologize. Well... Okay. <laughs> we'll yeah, so Henry, switch. so Hen- so in fiction, Henry did the sensors good, good sensors. Uh, so, but want, want to go ahead and roll a. Go I do the sensors, guys. Nat ten. Nat ten. Yes. So you did absolutely fine. Uh, you are you're 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 scanning and and uh, or I'm sorry, you're engineering. So yeah, you keep, you keep the heat you keep the heat down. Henry took a look around and lo and behold. Keeping, uh, you guys all did well, and there is a contact at the very edge of your detection range uh, in a slightly higher orbit than you that you can't resolve and doesn't appear to be some kind of glitch. When you say you can't resolve, you mean we can't clear it up? Well, can't, yeah, it doesn't. Well, I'm on sensors. Is there anything I can do? Can I attempt something to try to see it better? Uh, the 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 efforts you have gone to the four of you have gone together coordinating your efforts like this has resulted in a glitch which won't go away, but also does not get any clearer. Mm. There's there's something there. fire at it. 
Valis is still hanging Nuke above it your from orbit. <laughs> you are in orbit, but you are carrying no nukes. So See if Kinshetta um, will fit in its cargo hold. Scanlon <laughs> <laughs> so, for staplers. I'm sorry. Let's yeah, go. Yeah. So how sorry, far yeah. away is this thingy? You can't tell. You can't resolve it. You can tell it. You can tell a direction. It's it's high. It's in a slightly higher orbit than you, but it appears to be kind of shadowing. In, in a, my expert opinion, can does it look like it can see us? Okay, buddy. What's on your mind? We're all friendly, so let's just be friendly. Some say he hails taxis by waving an old-fashioned wine pitcher. And they always speed off when he's flagging them down. But no one knows he's called the Shiv, and he'll put to you this week's feedback. All right. Okay. Now you well clap. Done. No. Okay. You clap. You clap. I like but it. It was. It was good. It was good. But that's the edited version. Okay. This is. This is. This is. So this is. I want to. I want to give people a peek behind the door because we talk about this all the time. This is the original joke that Shiv wrote. Some say taxis don't give him rides after he developed a method for hailing them with mugs, and they speed off when he tries to flagging them down. Well, he knows he's called the Shiv, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so that's that's the editing process that happens frequently. Shiv comes up with a really good, we'll call it a nugget, a nugget of an idea, and then, but it needs to be tightened up a little bit. It needs so to you be take the nugget and make it, it more pod shaped. Make it more pod shaped, exactly. Mm-hmm. I turn no, from no, a nugget no, no, into no. a he pod. He takes the nugget. And gets it to another nugget. So it's nuggets for nuggets. Nuggets for nuggets. Sure. And then they're he they're deploys sh- the nugget. That's, That's how a segment is born. That, <laughs> but a nugget and a nugget love each other very much. Yeah. Well, I thought I it was great get, this week. Either way. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I, again, this part of the creative process. Shiv comes up with some good ideas and I just sort of tighten them up a little bit. And then he gets mad at me for changing his joke. That's the process. There, you're welcome. Everybody wanted to know. Go ahead, Jeff. A recap of last week's community question. How much uh, SAS do you want from your self-driving vehicle? What other games are close enough to space sims that we should be talking about? The Shiv writes in, of course the special forces have SAS, especially the special air service. Or the SAS. Okay, all right. I get it. Special air service, SAS. The flagging joke. The flagging joke was better. Oh, yeah, he had a good one this week. Sean Newboy writes in and says, Wonderful show, everyone. Love the role play. Question one, in loving color movie critics. That's how sassy I want them. <laughs> I think this one still deserves the new and improved two snaps, a twist, and a kiss. <laughs> you got pockets of grenades. Imagine when you get high enough level to get floor wax grenades. <laughs> Custom weapons. Oh, oh, I like it. So it keeps me up at night. <laughs> Pineapple is just fine when you have pizza. If it is some kind of pizza party and there are a bunch of different kinds of pizzas. <laughs> so you don't have to eat the pineapple pizza. Okay, fine. And Space Cave Kitten Frequency, the world's best kitten spelunking podcast. <laughs> it's, it's an unexploited it's niche. It's an unexploited niche. It's the next, it's the next spinoff. Yeah, it's our next spinoff. Very good. H. Allen writes in and says, It's incredible the job the audio crew does converting the Audacity Twitch recordings into the podcast we enjoy. Well done, Mikey, Lennon, and Bill. I think that's an editorial comment of some kind. I'm, I'm pretty I sure. I think so, too. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I use my vehicle to commute and escape the sass I get in real life from family and friends. I certainly don't want or need anything to contribute to my redline road rage levels. Well, I love that line. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe if the self-driving vehicle had size 5 laser repeaters mounted on it, I would accept a little. 
What's the latest on Rebel Galaxy Outlaw? Epic Games has it listed as coming soon, sans TM. Will this be another post-Trump release? Well, first of all, phrasing. I'm going to call phrasing on post-Trump release. I'm going to call that right now. Um, but uh, but uh, Rebel Ga- Galaxy, I follow Double Damage on Twitter. They're still not announcing anything. The last thing I saw was him using what looked like a map drawn on a napkin to lay out his star system. So there's still work in progress there a little bit. So, I mean, there's still still things happening uh, with that. So we're, we hope it's coming soon, TM, which means, you know, soonish. But we'll, we'll see. We're keeping our eyes open. Ken from Chicago writes in and says, Great discussion on hashtag Robocars. And then thumbs up and uh, Spaceman. Sadly, Brian made the same mistake many tech reporters make, assuming they'll all be hashtag robotaxis. All well and good in compact cities, but in the wide open rural areas, waiting half an hour or more for every car trip? No. Also, and then provides a link, also a list of up-and-coming space sims, and then another uh, link. He, his, the, he links to a YouTube uh, video, and the, the list of games that are covered in it is Space Engineers, Star Made, Occupy Mars, Empyrean Galactic Survival, Ovorion, Star Made, Star's End, Dual Universe, X4 Foundations, and Interstellar Prime. That's a lot of games. That's a lot. It's, it's, the, it's the 10 games that are apparently coming. The video is about a month old, published February 3rd. I'm familiar with, I think, three or four of these. I know of Orion. I know Dual Universe. I know X4 Foundations. And Space Engineers. I know Space Engineers. So uh, so maybe we should take a look at those guys. I hope Space Engineers is getting good. I've been watching a lot of videos on it lately um, with a lot of the changes that had happened. I thought it had been abandoned, honestly. Um, and now they're, they're upgrading it again. So it looks like it's come a long way. I mean, it's still Space Engineers. It's not... Like, it seems like Dual Universe, to me, has a better building mechanic and everything, and better looking blocks and better environments. Um, so Space Engineer is still kind of suffering from, like, I think the graphical problems that it always had. Um, to some extent, the blocks do look a little better, but I don't think they're, I don't think they're ever going to be able to compete with Dual Universe. But I, I would like to give it another shot. I own it, so why not? Yeah. And you have a Vorion, too, right? You played that. Oh, yeah. I played the heck out of a Vorion. Vorion's a great game. Yeah, I've played through a Vorion as the Borg... As the Federation, like Avorion <laughs> opens so many things you can do because you build, not only do you like build your ships, you build them the way you want them to look. There's no guidelines. There's nothing. You're just saying, I want crew quarters. I want engines. And you can shape it any way you want. So you can build these fleets that are very custom and very yours and unique. Or you can go with things from like um, different uh, sci-fi you like. Um, I end up usually devolving into the Borg as I play that because <laughs> I love building these big cube ships. Uh-huh. Um, but I do I do usually start out as more of a Federation light cruiser type of thing. Avorion's uh-huh. a great game. If we start talking about that one, I'm in. All right. Okay. All right. So at Dual Universe, we cover that from time to time. X4 Foundation is we've covered. Uh, is anybody, uh, anybody familiar with any of those other ones? Star Maid's on there twice. Two and six. Maybe he's just really excited about it. Yeah. He's like, we got Star Made and Space Engineers and Star Made and <laughs> Occupy Mars and Star Made. <laughs> That's cool. You know what? I haven't seen. Um, there's a couple of them on here I haven't seen, so I'm going to check that out. That's cool. I wonder what Interstellar Prime is. Uh, maybe it's Optimus Prime's cousin. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe. That's my guess. It's Transformers spinoff. Starfighter Inc.'s new name. Oh, yeah. 
So real quick on the robo taxis, I, I, I assume that there will be outliers and ex exceptions to that, that model in the, the near future. I think in the very long term, uh, again, this is my personal bias, uh, that cars will become more like the iRobot model, uh, books, not the movie, um, where uh, the, the manufacturer of the car owns all the cars. So like Ford owns all Ford cars. When you get a Ford car, you're, not, you're never buying it. You're always renting it. The idea would be if, if you're in the country, you have a car in your garage, you don't own it. And if you take it to the city, um, you can have it go wait for you or you can just release it to the pool and then just take another car to back to your house. Right. And you're basically paying for the convenience of uh, faster transport because you still have one in your garage at all times. For people that live in an area where the pool can service, they don't even need one in their garage. Right. That space can be converted or whatever. That would be that would be my answer to it. What happens, obviously, it's all fortune tellers game. But uh, that makes the most sense to me. I, I love the car owning uh, paradigm we're building. You know, uh, so just, someone needs to just go ahead and make that happen because we're. Uh, and that obviously, you know, for rural people, does you know, there's there's an exception there for utility utilities. This is the difference. This is the difference between the rural and the urban situation. Is that if I, I go out to Western Kansas all the time, and people have a very different relationship with their vehicles than uh, people in urban environments do, because it literally is their lifeline. Sometimes the grocery store is in the next town over. The hospital may be two counties over. Uh, you know, it, it, it's it really can be your connection to the civilization and and the idea that it doesn't belong to you, that you could use it whenever you want to, and that some other company, some faceless corporation, could recall the thing, and you, you might have your your checkbook and your guns in there. And people use checkbooks. Um, you know, I mean, it, they, and, and then it's gone. I. That is the sort of thing that it's going to take, number one, either a lot of getting used to or, number two, huge incentives to get people to adopt that model out in, out of the major cities. One of the things that happened between when we first started talking about this and, when, and then uh, tonight was there was, some, uh, there was an announcement by um, uh, Tesla that they were taking orders now for the new semi that's, that mm. they're building. And um, I, when I started looking at it, the cost of their semi was $50,000 less than the cost of their Roadster. Hold on. Their semi is not, is not a self-driving car, though. It's not. It's n almost a self-driving car. Yeah, I thought car. it was automated. That's yeah, the difference. It has ADAS, which is automatic driver assistance and stuff like that, but it is not self-driving. Yet. And it, it, the, the, the big thing between for Tesla is that it is an electric uh, it's rig. not self-driving yet. Not, not a self-driving yet. Now, I'd like to know, do you yet. think that's because of regulation or because they're not ready? Both. I don't think they're I ready. Think, Both. I, well, our, well the, the other side of this is that our infrastructure is not ready for AI. We, no. we do not have the smart uh, roadways that we need to, have to, to really pull this off. You know, I, I spent a great deal of uh, my career in transportation and I understand the things that they want to do, like like uh, 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 V to V, and yeah. uh, uh, smart roadways that give data that generate data to the vehicles as they're dri driving down the, down the road. You know things like temperatures and and uh, um, the wetness of know, the road, the ro traffic density, yeah, sure. yeah, accidents. That, that, that was a that was a big stuff. deal a couple of decades ago. 
And I think what's changed in the, uh, so the original model for all automated cars was, was smart infrastructure. Right, so it knows where the lanes are. It knows all the conditions. It knows about the jams and stuff like that. What's changed since then is the uh, the advances in neural networks and machine learning have gotten to a point where that's no longer necessary. Where it, it can process visually, you know, and with it, lidar sure. and all those other wonderful things, um, all of the information it would normally pull, it, pull from a smart. It may not. It may not be necessary, but it may be incentivized for insurance purposes that it's a belt and suspenders kind of a thing. Yeah, you got the neural network stuff, but you if you if your if your autonomous vehicle is confined to these routes which also give that data, you'll get a lower insurance rate because there's a backup system. It, it makes it makes everything better. Yeah. I'm not I'm not saying that it doesn't, but I'm gonna, I I would I would think that you're going to see these vehicles before you see the smart infrastructure and the smart infrastructure will be accelerated by the presence of these vehicles. Yeah, cuz you really I'm, I feel like uh, you're you're going to want to build the system uh, where the cars are smarter than the road is smarter. I feel like what Kinshadow was saying is we kind of had to envision it that way because who would have dreamed our cars would be smart enough to be like, hey, there's a curb there. I'm not going to run up on that. Or there's a pedestrian there and I'm not going to hit them. The you tech know what I mean? Advanced. So the tech has really changed a lot. Akrosi writes, in terms of other space sims, we maybe do need to be talking about No Man's Sky more often. There was yet another free three-part update announced with the first part set to expand on the existing multiplayer. It's truly a great space game. <clears throat> it's truly a great space game, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> That's more than enough of a space sim to qualify and doesn't get the positive attention that it deserves. Hashtag not ashamed to say it's good. Hashtag NMS is elite space legs version one. I don't know about that one. And then hashtag why, and I love this one. This is the best. Why is it space legs and not elite feet? I, 100% the last one. Why the hell is one. it not elite yeah, feet? We need, to, we need to call it elite feet. That, that's, so from that now on, when they say why can't we have space legs, it's because we're better off with elite feet. Because everybody's everybody wants space legs so bad they're missing out. I, I, I could have gone uh, a long time without hearing No More Sky. No Man's uh, Sky? It's actually a pretty great game now. When was the last time you played it, Jeff? I've never played it. See, that's your problem. I oh, played I recently. You'd be no. a happier individual if you no. played No Man's Sky. I'll tell you what killed No Man's Sky for me is Astroneer. Because it's very similar in art style, but it doesn't have that same, like... Um, it's a totally different game. It, yeah, in, in a lot of ways. But it, it, the uh, the art style, it's, it's you say it's a different game, but the mining, you're just mining all day, you're grinding stuff. It's different in that there's not so but much... I, I, I thought Astroneer didn't have, like, the exploration mechanic, which I thought was the big deal in the it, I mean, sorry, sorry. No Man's Sky. No more Sky. It has a great exploration mechanic, but it's planetary exploration. When you move from planet to planet, sure. you're basically, you build a rocket, you build a solid booster, you choose to go into orbit, then choose to leave orbit to orbit another planet, and then choose to drop down at a predetermined uh, waypoint on the surface, and then it's free exploration from there. So the space simming portion is not really there. You're in a ship, but it's click, point, click, and go. Um, but the exploration is, is fantastic and far better than anything I think that you see in uh, uh, No Man's no Sky. More, Just because you're not you're not hounded by sentinels all the time, you can actually legitimately explore and mine. You know, there are things to uncover, but it's not a big combat game. It's different in a lot of ways, but in resource grinding and exploration, it's very similar. Is there a hack to turn off the sentinels? I need to look at that. There yeah, should be. I, I think uh, I think it's I a murder a bunch of animals. It's annoying. Yeah, 
and I and I did take a look at this. I, th- I it, and I, you know, I'm perfectly willing to be corrected, but I'm wondering if that the expansion that I saw announced for No Man's Sky was for PlayStation Four. I don't know. Is it going to hit all the versions? Uh, that's a question I think maybe we need to look at. If it says only PlayStation Four, it means only PlayStation Four for a few months anyway. Yeah, and then the port. I, I'm sure that's true, but I, that that's that's the announcement that I saw. So we'll take a look at that and 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 talk about it next week, so Henry can smack Jeff around again. Of course, with Hello Games' track record, they'll announce it for the PlayStation 4. It'll actually only come out on Xbox and won't have multiplayer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we'll, we'll see. Let's, let's, let's be optimistic. Eternal optimism. Where Chol writes in and says, Great show, guys. When there are dry spells and new ED and SD content, you could revisit classic Space Sims and see how they hold up. Pick a Sim and announce it a week ahead so listeners can play it, too. You can also discuss No Man's Sky, but then you lose national treasure Jeff the Immortal. I propose you'd leave it out of the show notes, then switch it to NMS discussion once the Immortal dozes what? off. What? No. Wait <laughs> till he falls asleep? That means the first 10 minutes of the show will be guard frequency, and then it'll be like, shh, let's talk about No Man's Sky. <laughs> Since <laughs> y'all can go to hell. <laughs> this is the No Man's Sky ASMR hour. I'm glad you could join us. Watch out for the Sentinels. They're out to get you. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Let's get this done. <laughs> Since he's reading or listening to this right now, I suggest the rest of you pretend this is a Oh yes, it's very rotten. It's very, it's very horrible. Worst you idea for this week. I, I'm with Jeff. We just shouldn't do that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that sounds horrible. That sounds like a terrible idea. I, I think we should name this episode "Not the No Man's Sky ASMR Hour." <laughs> Unacceptable. 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 <laughs> Inconceivable. In general feedback, Peter Watherspoon writes in and says, I wonder if there's a follow-on mission to assassinate Smooth Furnace too. Getting the news out without fear or favor is hugely important, so watch your six commanders. There you go, Jeff. And, and, and I think that Ben mocked up that Photoshop of, uh, of the assassination mission because it's easier to, sm- to spell Spencer McDunn than Smooth Furnace. Uh, and Peter Watherspoon tried. He got close, but not, didn't get it quite right. Yeah, so, I didn't get it quite right. Not quite. Yeah. So, I mean, it is, there is some difficulty. You know, you don't want to assassinate the wrong smooth furnace, right? You want to make sure you get the right one. So that's 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 tricky. Ken from Chicago. I got, I'm channeling Ken again. Uh, Ken writes in and says, not Spencer McDunn. Smooth furnace, okay, but not Spencer <laughs> and again, he didn't spell it right either. So you guys are going to be yep. killing all these innocent, smooth furnaces because you don't have the name spelled right. So I mean, you know, all, the, all these bounty hunters are going to get are going to murder the wrong people. It's a it's a shame. Oh, so we're here at this part of the show where I announce that there's no new Patreon and no random winner. But Tony says, and this week's community question: What should Frontier add to the upcoming new player experience? Space legs or elite feet? And what ads should be added to Area 18? And otherwise, how is the show? Do we need squadron mottos in French and Chinese? Or Pig Latin? Drop us an email, a tweet, or comments on our show post, which you can find on our website and look us up on Discord. And that brings us to the end of episode 252 of Guard Frequency. We'll be back with episode 253 on March 26, 2019. So be sure to keep an ear out for our shows over at GuardFrequency.com. We'd like to thank the entire team at Guard Frequency and the Priority One Network. Thanks to our community manager, Justin Chivalry Dean Lowmaster, 
Our artist and master web slinger, Ben I Walk the Line Sanders, our elite contributor, Baxter, and of course, our audio engineers, Mikey Lennon and Bill Hardy. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass, and a special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit ronaldjenkins.com for more of his work. But above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. If no one's listening out there, the deep black gets pretty lonely. Reduce thrust. Welcome, pilots. You've tuned to the guard frequency. Because as all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, Tony's phone goes off. Because there's an announcement on Twitch saying that we're going live on Twitch. Okay, that's great. We'll start that over again. Beep, beep. And I'm Ken Shadow. And Tony's still working on a replacement for that whole dream stream switch. Right, right Tony, Tony. See, Tony, Tony, that screwed me up. Hold on. I have no clue why that's in there. Heroes. Because rocket ships. Good evening from Galactic Public Radio on NC. I'm Spencer McDunn, and these are the top headlines from around the... The, 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 <laughs> the children of Tothos have struck, taking our Shambalt terminal in the Chun... chun Broadcasting from our Shambalt... While many former addicts of gambling, drugs, and alcohol... Find combat in sponsoring other... Ad- or comfort. Uh, they, they might find combat occasionally, but yeah. sometimes they find comfort, too. And we just lost Henry, which is unfortunate. <laughs> the stream just says, hi, Henry. All right, so the last... Sorry about that, everybody. The last thing I heard was a can opened in Henry's thing, so I'm just going to assume he spilled beer in his computer. No. I, without, without, without... Uh, oh. Coke Zero. Coke Zero. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I'm going to assume he spilled Coke Zero on his computer. This is Tony, feedback closing, sync one. This is Jeff, feedback and closing, sync two. This is Ken Jato, feedback and closing, sync three. Closing and feedback, Henry, this is sync four. Uh, closing, feedback, other things in one, two, three. Also a list of Tony. Jeez. Let's well, yeah. be professional, Tony. He's trying to read, buddy. What did I do? I think you highlighted something and it messed him up. I clicked on the link. Yes, and then your name comes up saying you clicked on the link, which blurs all the text in the in. Oh, my apologies. Is that Ken Shadow just clicking all over the document? Yeah, you jerk. <laughs> see what I, I got to read see, next. Be cool, man. This is this is this is. See, so Tony, Jeff, knock yeah. it off. <laughs> what? So Jeff yells at me when I do something on accident, and then Brian does it on purpose to be a dick, and he gets off scot free. That's not fair. It's a double standard. It's a double standard, and I don't appreciate that at all, at all, at all. The difference, the difference is, is you did it unbeknown, you know, you know, casually. You know, you were kind of a casual dick in that situation, and I did it implicitly to piss people off and be funny about it. So my casual dickery. Uh, it yes, makes it yeah. makes it no, anger worse. I see. Okay, go all, you got to either go all the way. Or, oh, okay. Or, all right. So I need to put a little more swagger into it next time. What you're saying? Okay. All right. Yeah. I understand. I understand. All right. Can you read them again? Because I don't want to click the list and get in trouble. Right. Right. You don't. Well, then. Well, you'll be following orders at this point, so you'll be blameless. Henry, click the link. Click the link, Henry.
I'm clicking click it. it. Click I'm it. Doing it. Click it. I I keep my car, you know, because of the type of car it is. I keep it pretty uh well tuned i keep it up to date um i wash it all the time i have regular maintenance on it uh you love that chevette <laughs> he's gonna reach to the yeah. internet and strangle you <laughs> hey man i drove a chevette until i was like 26 i'm just messing with the guy <laughs> we maybe do need to be talking about no man's sky more often <clears throat> i gotta take that one again just to hit jeff in terms of other space sims, maybe we maybe do need to. I can't get it out. I got to keep saying No Man's Sky. It's going to kill Jeff. Oh, oh. All right. So seriously, this time. Would you watch a podcast where Ken Shadow reads dirty limericks in ASMR voice for an hour? No. No. That's the, <laughs> no. That's, that's, the, that's the space cave kitten frequency hour. That, that's, that's, that's what that is. He's going to put on a furry costume. The little cat ears. He's going to get out here and read dirty limericks.